Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by betonline.ag. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined as always by Sean Siegel. Sean, it's uh, you know it's it's a fast time, the world is moving at a fast pace, but um, as always, we hope the listeners out there are safe and well. How have things been for you uh, this week? Uh, very good, just enjoying uh what what there is out there you know you go for walks people uh out out and about trying to get their sunshine trying to get their time out of the house everyone very friendly you get those smiles and waves uh communities really seeming to pull together obviously some some bad stories as well but it, it's great to see how much people want to work together to try and solve the things that we have going on here and for all of us fantasy football owners, it's a it's a fun time in the fantasy football world. Been doing lots of startup drafts, auctions, uh, lots of trade opportunities here with free agency. And then today we talked a lot about free agency on the show on Tuesday. We're going to talk about some of the rookies again. We're still having this rookie process. Uh, lots of changes. I'm going to look at Dave's running back scouting index, see where the scouts have all these guys, see how that contrasts to some of our advanced stats. And uh, this is this is one of the best times of the year in fantasy because so much new information coming out all the time and, and it makes for a great trade environment for dynasty owners. Yeah, and you mentioned there as well, you know, with, with the things that are going on in the world, a lot of people say, you know, on Twitter that, you know, it doesn't matter, fantasy doesn't matter, football doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter, but in terms of uh, with all the bad news cycles that are going on on a very constant basis at the moment, having that escape, having that thing to take your mind off it and to go and look at, you know, different possible trades, different possible scenarios, it's good to get out of that headspace that everyone's going to end at the moment and bring that positivity and to bring that kind of a uh, little bit of escapism into your day. So, that's definitely something that I, I think something that you need to do and of course why we continue to bring the shows here uh twice a week and uh, as all the other road of his radio shows come out as well during the week to try and just uh, give you that little bit of entertainment a little bit of content to, to take your mind off things um obviously more content is available on the website and as always you can get a 10 percent discount to that from the road of his nfl pass it's available through the podcast homepage rotavis.com forward slash podcast um that that is one of the best ways if you want to fill a couple of days uh you know if you're in isolation dive into the road of his website you will get so much information you can i i know and sean knows when you're when you're playing about on the the tools you can get lost in there sometimes for hours and lose run off the or lose track of time but uh, we'll be talking about some of the articles and some of the tools on today's show uh, we're going to kick that off as sean mentioned looking at, at dave cabin's work um on the rookie scouting index in terms of running backs uh sean we have kind of hinted on it a little bit more but for some of the listeners who aren't familiar do you want to give them a, a little bit of, of details into the, the scouting index yeah so dave goes through and looks at some of the top sites out there top the top sources for rookie rankings specifically in this case running back rankings and put those puts those together into a score that lets you know how the scouts are seeing these guys and we can use this information to get a little bit of a sense of where they're going to go in drafts certainly uh, nfl teams at this point are definitely using scouting information and analytics to help make their moves so i think it's great to take this information contrast it for example with the running back prospect lab scores that tell you 
what types of things number one do tend to be drafted and then what types of elements actually allow players to outperform their draft position so we can see both elements here get a little bit of that contrast and i think that helps people really figure out a little bit more of the tactics they want to take in some of these early drafts uh, i know there are a lot of fun leagues out there who actually do have their rookie drafts before the nfl draft certainly there are startup drafts going on where rookies are eligible in both of those situations you're definitely looking to try and figure out both where players might be drafted and if they'll be able to outperform draft position certainly you know if your guy falls for example so uh, another great tool at our disposal and just a lot of fun to see where the scouts have these guys yeah one of the one of the big uh, kind of contrast between the, the the two that you mentioned there the the running back prospect lab and then obviously the the scouting index the big difference is uh deandre swift obviously kind of he's overall number one in the scouting index where he's coming in then uh, at number let me work this out number seven in the the uh, lab scores he is the one that has kind of the most of a differentiation between where he is in both of them um are you surprised still at uh, the difference there or is that is that something that you would expect to see i think that both in both situations we're seeing positions that are a little bit skewed i don't think that he's going to go as low as the running back prospect lab suggests i don't think that he is an average player like the lab suggests at the same time i don't expect him to be the first player off the board when there are questions about him and certainly we've talked about jonathan taylor as potentially a generational type talent or at the very least a talent who might fit in with that barkley mccaffrey type of level a little bit more but then when you also have a back like jk dobbins in this draft there are two guys who are so clean in terms of their production, in terms of their athleticism, in terms of how they project to the NFL. I would be very surprised if Swift does go number one. At the same time, you know, you pull up the highlights and you watch him run, and there's that little bit of Barry Sanders to his change of direction. And, uh, you know, Barry Sanders is the best running back that we've ever had. And so anybody who has even hints of that, it's certainly understandable why scouts would be enamored of that type of player yeah the other one that kind of stands out um is not showing up in the the prospect lab uh, in the top 10 um showing up then on, on this here list in terms of the, the scouting index at number seven is uh lamical perrine uh, in terms of that do you think that there's any reason for the outlier of him not showing up in the, the prospect lab versus where he's expected to go with with scouts well his numbers don't don't really generate the enthusiasm that that we see from the scout so i think that's an odd one the other couple that i think or just the contrast there is that Keyshawn vaughn has some great stats blair has some cool pieces of information on him in the dynasty command center rookie guide we've mentioned several times uh dave's piece on breakaway rushes and how vaughn actually jumps uh, toward the top there doesn't quite get to the taylor level but comes in at number two then you have a player like Eno benjamin who also Vaughn is number nine benjamin number 10 in the scouting index dylan number 11 all three of those guys have 
individual characteristics that I think are very exciting. Dylan has a, a monster score in the prospect lab and had, you know, one of the best combines that we've, that we've really seen, you know, looks very much like a Derrick Henry for the scouts to be as down on him as they are, especially because he's another guy who has broken a lot of long runs uh, similar to Henry. So it, it's not just that he is tested that way, but he has a lot of those plays on the field in college. And then Benjamin, someone, who was a little bit better in 2018 than 2019, but has all of those receptions uh, very similar to a couple of the backs uh, ranked higher than him. Has Aaron Jones as his number one comp in the comp in the combine explorer. And so when you look at those various pieces of information on, on those guys, I think that 9, 10, 11 range in the RSI, these are guys that are going to go higher in the draft at the same time, you do want to be aware of the potential for them to fall because if you're using an an early pick on them right now, if you're in a Devi league and you're making them sort of key points on the trade, I'd certainly put out a, a Mark Ingram for Dylan offer yesterday in part because Dylan would have a better contract. And so the contract element comes into play there, but there are going to be some risks if you're moving established NFL players for these guys who might really fall in the NFL draft. Just before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at betonline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard that right. It is a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE while signing up. Once again, that code is BLUEWIRE for a 100% sign-up bonus. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So, Sean, continuing the theme of the rookies, we're going to look at uh, Jalen Rager. And, you know, obviously it's an interesting heading with Jalen Rager being the most and least productive uh, wide receiver in, in, in the NFL draft. Um, Rager, somebody we've talked about a couple of times on the show. Um, he's certainly a very interesting prospect and kind of um, maybe splits opinion a little bit as well. Um, what What's your thoughts as we've kind of settled a couple of weeks away from the draft? Obviously, or sorry, from uh, the, the combine. Obviously, we're not going to have the pro days. Um, then we're going to head into the draft based on college and combine. Has your thoughts changed much over the last couple of weeks on Rigger? Well, this is an article from Blair, right? And we talk about Blair all the time on the show. Uh, he's one of those writers where every time you go in to read one of his pieces, you're thinking to yourself, okay, this this is going to be awesome <laughs> because his work is just so cool. And then you read it and it's even better than you were expecting. So it, it doesn't really matter just how high your expectations get. Uh, he just consistently beats them. You know, if, if you haven't read his work, you know, if you listen to our show and, and you think, well, um, you know, they talk about him a lot, but how good could it really be? I, I just so strongly <laughs> urge you to go in there and, and check out some of the stuff he's done. It is so, so cool. 
Blair is a huge Rager fan. Curtis Patrick, obviously our high-profile dynasty guru to the world, uh, loves Rager. These guys actually uh, went in on a trade recently where Curtis was able to extract Kyler Murray in a super flex league because he included Rager as part of the package. You know, both of these guys very high on him. Anytime that Curtis and Blair are high on someone, I would definitely take that very seriously one of the things that's interesting here is that you certainly get the impression that fantasy owners are much much higher on him than scouts are at least that's what the mock drafts say where you have a ton of guys being projected as first round wide receivers but rager is usually coming in somewhere between 30 and 60 there now you talked about this headline and it's a it's a cool subhead within the article it talks about how rager is both the most and least productive top wide receiver now when we're looking at why that would be he's the only one that of these early draft capital guys who both declared early and sports a career dominator above 30 he's also one of only two players who declared after his true junior season and broke out before age 20 right so right there you're hitting on all of those different metrics that we really emphasize in the receivers all of those things help you both project draft position but then also beat draft position which they want to do however there are also some reasons for caution here he's never had a 1000 yard receiving season he's never had more than eight touchdowns he's got the lowest career catch rate of any of the top receivers and and that's from uh, a cool article that dave cabin had out recently and so these are these are red flags these are some of the reasons why he might not go as early in the draft it's also tricky to determine how much that matters because anyone who's followed tcu knows they have not had a good quarterback situation you know during this time period that he has been their star and so that's naturally going to hold you down then you take that information and you go into the combine and i think this is where it got even trickier for people because the next subhead is that rager is both more and less athletic than we had hoped and you know, Colin, he had a bizarre combine. What, what did you make of the numbers that he put up here? We talked uh, about this at the time off the combine. There's just some unusual splits between uh, some of them in terms of like the broad jump was 99th percentile and, you know, tree cone drill is 19th percentile. Short, short shuttle was 18th percentile. Vertical, 42 inches, 97th. So everything's kind of um, all over the place. And then the 40 speed you know 4.47 it's kind of average to almost you know starting to get a little bit concerning for a wide receiver you know in terms of the athletic ability now across most people coming out of college and at 511 as well so th- there's there's a lot of things that are like some things it depends if you value the broad jump high you know his explosiveness is really off the charts but then his short to intermediate uh you know kind of in terms of the tree cone and the short shuttle was concerning so it kind of falls into almost that uh, DK Metcalf thing where, you know, straight line, um, things could be pretty good. But then the 40 time again pulls you back with a little bit of concern. So it, it, it was, like you mentioned, uh, <laughs> half good and half bad. Depends how much you look at it as your glass being half full or, or half empty. Yeah, and then Blair goes into a secondary analysis with this, which I think was really interesting, where he talks about how, and we're going to have the wide receiver prospect lab out very shortly, and you'll be able to play with some of these things and see just how much this is in fact the case. But the NFL tends to overdraft speed 
at the wide receiver position. And so you have this very strange thing that happens where if you use the box score scout, you have the ability to enter custom data, right? So you can take Rager's real 40, or you can put in a custom 40 saying that he had been faster uh, the expected time. So again, he was expected to run in the four threes, maybe even in the four twos, expected to perhaps challenge Henry Ruggs. That didn't happen at all. He was much, much slower. Blair is suggesting that might actually be good in a weird way, at least as it relates to his draft position. Because if he had been really fast and was expected to go in the draft range that he is expected to go in, then that would be a little bit of a sign that he was being overdrafted and the NFL was emphasizing the speed and you would have comps that aren't nearly as good. However, with a worse speed, he ends up with comps that are better including people like christian kirk randall cobb uh, robert woods a little bit further down you know you get a chris godwin and so that would be an indication that they're drafting him on his production now these are just projected draft positions we don't exactly know where he's going to go yet but that's an interesting way to look at it i think to, to understand that the nfl is overdrafting speed and it's not necessarily a dagger for him that he wasn't quite as fast as long as the team that takes him is taking him based on this idea that uh, he's a productive player, he's a good wide receiver, certainly he's someone that fantasy owners do like. And so I think a lot of us are hoping he will get into that position. Uh, he looks undervalued compared to some of these guys who are projected in that 20 to 30 range. And so uh, for fantasy football guys, he's the person that we really want to see end up on that team that can take advantage of his skills. The other thing, uh, Sean, when we continue to look through it, you know, in terms of what we're expecting, you mentioned there about how uh, kind of speed's overdrafted in terms of the NFL. I do think that while the NFL has taken in kind of the analytic way of thinking, I think they're still very much focused on very specific metrics rather than as we would look there and try to combine those metrics together and see what it can lead to uh, as an NFL player. So I think they are looking at the metrics. I don't know if they're combining the metrics all that well as to see what that can lead to as production on the nfl field do you think that is still an area where they are lagging behind where it's basically the, the 40 yard dash is the king and then there's a couple of other things that they're going to try you know, no things like hand size and that there's a lot of things that do get a little bit overblown when it comes to the draft well it can be tricky i think that anytime that you're looking at different players there's just this very human uh reaction where you're very much drawn to some guys and not to others and then as soon as you start to make those connections then the human brain just seeks out information to confirm that the guys you like are good and seeks out information to suggest that maybe these guys that you're not as sold on maybe they're not bad per se you're not going to go out and say okay well you know t higgins is going to be awful but you're just you're more attuned to seeing the flaws in their profile. And that's the very same thing that GMs are doing when they're putting together their boards, when they're looking at the draft, when they're making moves. And so we have to understand that even though analytics are becoming more and more involved with the draft process, some of these exploitable opportunities that we've been talking about for years, we can start to expect to see those to close. And so some of the things we've been relying on may not be as much a factor in the future. And so we'll need to continue to adjust. At the same time, you know, our, our, our natural uh, push and pull, the emotional connection, that sort of intuitive connection to certain players is always going to uh, come into play too when these guys are making decisions on the clock. 
Just before we finish up today's show as well, Sean, we're going to look at, um, about somebody who was a rookie last year, but it's obviously getting in towards veteran status moving forward. It's Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was somebody who we debated at different points last season. We had debates at one point about David Montgomery versus Miles Sanders. I think uh, Miles Sanders has clearly uh, won that debate. Um, we've had a few in terms of Devin Singletary uh, and my, uh, Miles Sanders. Uh, I think Sanders is slightly still ahead and Josh Jacobs was the other one who used to get tossed into those kind of conversations. But when we look back at last year and try and project it ahead to this coming season, Sanders had a, a very, very productive second half of the season. Out of the rookie running backs who played six or more games, he finished fourth in rushing attempts per game and rushing yards per game. He was third in expected fantasy points per game as a runner, 11th in fantasy points over expectations per game, uh, first in targets per game, receiving yards per game, receiving expected points per game, uh, and receiving fantasy points over expectation per game, and second in fantasy points per game. So there's a lot of positive different parts there to, to look into in terms of what he did down kind of those final couple of weeks where we were kind of very, very impressed with what he was doing. What's your thoughts on that now the situation that he should have all kind of lanes for himself to be the starting running back in philadelphia uh moving forward into the season how how high is the ceiling for miles sanders uh, in 2020 well certainly he seems free to fly here and he's being priced like it uh, in the top 20 picks we love him uh, and we expect him to do well these stats that you're mentioning come from this really cool article by Jack Miller, which is within a series that the guys are working on where we look at the second year players. And and we talk on the show, we talk on the site all the time that if you're not targeting second year players in your drafts, you're going to come out with a team that doesn't have enough upside, doesn't have enough ability to outperform draft position. Now with Sanders, his draft position is, is pretty aggressive already. So we need to you know, look a little bit closer and make sure that we want him in this range. And one of the ways that we can do that is we can pull up the road of his screener and use the similarity search function to find guys who had similar traits and similar stats after their rookie years. And so the guys that Jack finds for Sanders are maybe a little bit disconcerting in some ways, or at least when you hear their names, you're not going to be as excited about them as you might be when you think about the ADP that Sanders is currently sitting at. So these guys, Joseph Adai, Kevin Smith, Noshan Moreno, uh, Giovanni Bernard. And when you look at those names, column, do you get a good feeling for that? Do you, you know, we're going to look at their stats here in a second, but just off of the top of your head, would you have expected the comps for Sanders to be better are you concerned at all about those names I thought they might be a little bit better but you know I remember back to Giovanni Bernard you know 2013 um was kind of the time where he was coming into the league and I was I'm not going to say in love but I was pretty close to it in terms of Giovanni Bernard and what he did in those first couple of seasons especially from a uh, pass catching perspective so if Sanders you know can be a, a, a Giovanni Bernard plus situation I, I think that's a reasonable uh, you know outlook for him the, the problem with Bernard that was always at that point is he never really got the the actual rushing work it was all uh, in the passing game so I think we'll see a situation where Sanders will get the passing work plus the uh, rushing attempts and I think that can boost his upside quite quite a lot obviously we want to make sure we get the the passing attempts uh, or the receiving the receiving 
uh, targets. But the, the key here, I think, is that he will also have the Russian work. So there is a possibility we see him as a, a tree down back, whereas it was very rare that Bernard ever got into that situation. The other people is, you know, Halu um, was somebody who never really had on that much for it. And no Sean Marino, while there was expectations, uh, it didn't last very long for him overall. They are a concerning bunch to be to be pinned in there with, but out of them I would be, be looking at Giovanni Bernard and hoping that Sander's situation, which gives him the opportunity to work on three downs, will, will give him a little bit higher upside than what Gio had in those kind of early seasons in the league. Yeah, and you mentioned that those names may be a little bit underwhelming, but had some positives to them. Jack points this out in the article too and says, if we look at their second seasons, which were most obviously interested in in terms of where sanders is going now what it costs what he might produce the numbers are actually pretty good right you look at joseph adai averaged 18.4 points per game moreno 15.4 smith 14.4 bernard 14.5 if you get the numbers from moreno smith uh, bernard at least in terms of point per game numbers there then you're going to be very happy at that draft cost if you get a Joseph Adai season, then you know, you've know you got a league winner for you there in that second round area. You're going to have to make quite a bit of mistakes if Sanders averages 18 plus points per game to not be in very, very good shape. So even though these names, we tend to look at maybe their last seasons, the seasons when they fell off of the fantasy radar, their second season's very, very encouraging. And I think that we're in the same situation with Sanders. It's possible that down the line, he sustains an injury, you know, isn't as explosive, you know, has backs drafted onto the team that take away some of his opportunity, maybe gets into a little bit more of a timeshare. Right now, unless the, the Eagles do something we do not expect, the outlook for 2020 is very, very promising. I'm just going to put you on the spot, Sean. Uh, I'll set the over-under for him in terms of uh, running back overall finish in the top six. Do you think he could break that top six? I think that that's where, if you're drafting him at, in, that, in that kind of top 20, you want him to be at least in the top six for running backs. Do you think that that is where he'll finish? I think that he definitely could. I think he's got a ceiling in that range. I don't think that he will. I think there are more scenarios that he won't. Than that he will but he certainly has the ability to get up there he's got the athletic ability and he's got the opportunity so those are the two things you're really looking for if he takes the next step you know he's the guy who could end up you know number two number three overall because some of these other guys who are going to get hurt are not going to be quite you know what we're hoping for them to be so uh, again the sky is definitely the limit for him there i don't think he's a bad pick in that range at all yeah no i would agree i think probably six through nine where he'll probably finish up and there's definitely uh, possibilities especially if you factor in injuries that he could finish even higher than that so uh, somebody who i'm uh you know in a second year i think there's real potential for him to to explode uh, and have a very very productive season so he is somebody who uh, is definitely on the radar here as we get ready for 2020 that's going to do it for the second show of the week thanks to everyone who tuned in uh, to the show if you haven't listened to the first show of the week head on back and check that we recapped free agency talked a little bit about some of those winners and losers and possible sleepers um, from that kind of free agency towards the end of last week so check that out that was wednesday's podcast and of course hopefully you've enjoyed this one make sure you're subscribed on all the different platforms different devices uh, and listen to the show on the go or, or wherever you are listening at the moment and as we mentioned on the start of the show and on the show earlier in the week hopefully you're all safe and well and also for your families to be safe and well and until we're back with our next show next week of course have a good one 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.